Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now along with Brendan Escott. We've heard from uh, the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers, Josh Archibald. Specs swung by for a session. Tyson Nash played close to 400 games in the NHL. And our next guest uh, was drafted 25th overall by the Oilers in 2005. He spent four seasons in Edmonton. Last uh, several years with the Anaheim Ducks. Got moved to uh, Dallas this past season. Went on an extensive playoff run where, uh, frankly, uh, Dallas maybe just needed one more bounce. Or not. Uh, Andrew Cogliano joins us from the Dallas Stars. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How you doing? Good, man. Uh, by the way, congratulations. You're a dad now, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a dad, so things are uh, a lot different. Not uh, not so much time to myself anymore. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a life changer unless you're an absolutely terrible parent that wants to hide up in your bedroom <laughs> or in your office. And not that I look at that guy every morning or anything. I would never do that sort of thing. Uh, anyhow, uh, no, hey, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for taking time to join us. Uh, just, uh, just a thought here. I mean, the Dallas Stars are going to be one of the, the preseason favorites this year in the National Hockey League coming up. But let's just get to the move for you. You, want, you go from Anaheim to Dallas. Um, you know, uh, obviously the Ducks were struggling a bit. Uh, how did the fit work for you uh, playing for the Dallas Stars? You know what? It was it was good. I, I thought it was, um, you know, as I look back now, I thought it was really difficult, like, when I first got there. You know, I, you know, it was tough times in Anaheim. I thought, you know, things were maybe going to change there. Um, you know, I know that they wanted to go in another direction, and I, kind of almost figured that they were going to do that before the season but um you know so was i surprised probably at the timing of it yeah was i surprised it would happen probably not um you know i thought uh, it was just a tough transition bob you know to be honest i'm a i'm a routine type of guy i'm a guy that you know i, I had a lot of you know people in, in anaheim that i knew for a long time i was there for you know it was eight, eight years and um, I was ingrained in the system pretty good, and um, I also played at that type of game with that team for for a long time. So 
I thought it was just, it was kind of difficult to go, to be honest. I thought I really started feeling good, um, and, you know, and started feeling myself probably, you know, the last 15 games of the season. And I thought the playoffs was was pretty good, and I um, I played pretty well. But I thought early it was a, it was a tough transition. You know, my wife had the baby in February, um, so you know that's how it goes. You know, I, I really now will look back on it and say, you know, that was really tough to do in mid season, especially for a guy like myself. You know, I I looked at the opposite type of guy in terms of Matt Zuccarello. And, you know, he got traded to our team. He had three or four points the first game. And, but, you know, but he's a type, type of guy and type of personality where he just kind of plays and he has no routines and he's not really a, a guy that, you know, he just kind of threw his gear on and, and got out there. But I had a lot going through my head. So I thought the first little bit was a, tr- a big transition for me. But um, I like it. I like the team a lot and I like the city. I think it's, it's going to be a great, good place to go back and, and, and start fresh uh, this season. Yeah, uh, you mentioned, and I just want to, you you said the Stars play differently than the Ducks. Um, You know, Jim Montgomery's got some interesting concepts, and we've had Jim on the show dating back to when he was coaching Denver. Todd Nelson, who's, for me, one of the, you know, I mean, he can get people to play for him, right? Because he he believes in developing positive relationships, but... Uh, how was Dallas's style? Was it more offensive than Anaheim did? You know, was the forechecking different? Like, how was it? How was it different for you? Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I thought from what the guys told me when I got there, I thought I think they said Monty, um, you know, really tried to bring an offensive game right from the beginning when he got there, um, and it seemed like as he transitioned as a first year coach, he started, you know, really. You know, understanding that defense for the team was probably one of the strongest things they had going for them. So it seemed like when I got there, it started to be more of a, um, you know, from what I figured out with the team is they had unbelievable habits and details to their game. You know, guys backtracked really hard. Guys really bought into the system and playing the right way. Um, the goalie Bishop, when he you know, when he played well, you know, it was really tough to score on him, to be honest, Bob. Like, he's, I think he's one of the best goalies in the league from what I, you yeah. know, now playing with him. So, um, you know, from my perspective, I think it was they really embraced defensive hockey, and a lot of guys did that, even Jamie Benn. You know, Jamie was on the checking line sometimes, and, and it seemed like that was kind of our, our, our mandate to play. And it seemed like it kind of excelled from there, and guys started to kind of offensively feel better. But it started with defense first when I got there, and it kind of, you know, we weren't giving up a lot, to be honest. You know, I'd play teams, and guys after the game would say, you know, there's not much room out there. And we kind of embraced it as a team, and, you know, guys started scoring at the right time, and we got a little bit of offensive spark when Zuccarello came in. But um, I think that was kind of the recipe uh, for, for success for us. We're joined by Dallas Stars forward. Former Oiler first round draft pick Andrew Cogliano. Andrew, uh, you knew a lot about the veteran guys in Dallas. Were you surprised how good Miro Heiskanen already is? Yeah, uh, you know, I. To be honest, I I don't know if there's going to be a better defenseman out there than him. You know, you know, and then I don't. I want to say next year. You know, Bob, I, maybe that's a a lofty goal for him, but I, I don't have. I don't think I've seen a player with. Um, with his type of confidence as a young guy like that, and and the things he does on a on a game to game basis um, is very impressive. You know, I, I was kind of interested to watch him when we played teams like St. Louis and you know in Nashville. When you know in a playoff series, he's the type of guy that you you want to run through the boards 
continuously and and get off his game. But and I would watch. I remember being on the bench and watching guys like Austin Watson and um, and Simmons when he was in, and guys in 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 St. Louis, you know, take runs at him. But you know, he he did a great job of getting out of the way. He did a great job of protecting himself, and you could see as the series has went on in both of them that they were just they couldn't didn't have an answer for him in terms of. Um, you know, trying to finish checks, but his hockey sense is uh, above everybody else's and, and his skating. So I don't know what he's going to look like the next couple of years. I, I, I really can't, um, I can't envision it because I think he's just already so good. So, With all due respect to your team last year and you lose to St. Louis, I mean, there's no embarrassment in that uh, given how deep you guys were in the playoffs. But you add Pavelski and potentially Corey Perry. How you you, you know you, you know both those guys. One of them's been your teammate forever. The other one you've been playing against forever. How does that change the complexion, of the makeup of the Dallas Stars? Do you think? I think it really helps us. I think we uh, I think we needed to add a little bit more of a um, what's the word? I think competitive and guys that you know really know how to win. You know, I know Pavelski hasn't won. Uh, a, a cup, but you know, San Jose, they're 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 always there at the end, and they have long playoff runs. And and you know, Pears is I know Pears obviously firsthand, and he's won Anaheim, and he's a guy that is you know he's very competitive when it comes down to it. And I think that's what we needed. You know, at the end of the year, you know, uh, I I think I think there's a big the more I I I see it, and I I, look, I saw a team like St. Louis, and you know, you see firsthand, but um, you know, they had very guys that were veteran guys and guys that, you know, knew what to do at the right times and knew how to win and 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 really wanted to win and, and really had passion to win. And I think that's that's what we need a little bit more of near you know, near the end. You know, we it's it's when you have young guys that, you know, come into the league and younger players, you know, sometimes they're quiet. Sometimes they don't know really know what's at stake and how important and how winning um, how important winning is, and I think at the end of the day, uh, you add a couple guys that you know breed that confidence and breed that winning mentality, and all of a sudden those guys take notice and things start taking off in the right direction. So um, I'm really excited. I think those two guys are going to be absolutely perfect for for our team and and the makeup that we have. And I think it's going to take a little bit of pressure off of guys like Jamie Ban and Sagan, and and you know back those guys off a little bit in terms of you know you have a little bit more leadership. 11 players, Andrew, 30-plus years of age. And I'm not an ageist uh, because I think I'd rather have experience than a lack of experience. But we have seen the league change in the last couple of years, even from, I mean, remember when you were on the kid line all those years ago with uh, with Sam Gagne, who's back at Edmonton, and uh, Robert Nielsen. And I just get the sense today there's more latitude given to younger players to go out there and create, make mistakes. But also, I mean, hey, when when you roll out, uh, you know, McDavid and uh, Drysaitel in Edmonton and, uh, and Austin Matthews in Toronto and Patrick Laine and, and what, there's different skill, level of skilled players as well today, aren't there? In terms of some of these younger guys coming in the league. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to win without that. You know, like I, I think you need high end skills that are younger players that, and, and you know what, from from my perspective, just in talking in terms of our team, you know, we wouldn't have got to the second round if it wasn't for Rupe Hints. And I know no one knows maybe a lot about him, but, you know, I think he's going to be an absolute, you know, stud of a player for a long time. He's a young player, big, he skates really well, um, but he's the type of skill and, and young 
player that you need to have success. And you know, I'm not saying you need. Uh, I'm not saying you need older guy. I think you need a, a mixture of both. I think a mixture of both is is how you're going to win. And um, but I look at a guy like Hints and you know, Heiskanen, Klingberg is still young and. Um, and even, you know, there's lesser guys in our on our team, like, you know, and Dickinson, who I think is a really good player, who's a younger player. Um, so, you know, you have players like that that, you know, they start figuring out and watching guys that have been around for a while and watching guys like Pavelski and, and Jamie Benn, and, and all of a sudden they start doing things like like them, you know, off the ice and, and, and taking care of themselves and wanting to win. And with their skill, they just start taking over the games. And I thought Rupe Hintz was a big reason why we 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 got to where we we were. And I think you need that type of high-end talent and young players to, to get you there. Andrew, you're up to 944 NHL games. Think about, you know, your second and third year where you're trying to carve out a niche for yourself at Edmonton. Are, you know, are you going to be a... I mean, you're, you were a middle six forward in Edmonton, and you've been a middle six forward, I guess, in Anaheim. Um, but I think the hope was maybe maybe you'd be a top six forward. The, the fact of the matter is here, you might end up playing twelve to 1,300 games. And that being said, even though it was St. Louis, the team that knocked you guys off, I don't know if you watched the final or saw the you know the handoff from Petrangelo to Jay Bomeister, but think of how long Jay was in the league. You know, he's up around 1,200 games right now. It, it just shows you, like you, you, you know, yeah. it, it, it can happen for you, can't? Because a lot of people said, "Oh, Bowman Easter will never win a Stanley." I mean, they were wrong, but you know, I mean, this guy's a world class player for a long time. It doesn't just happen overnight, does it? No, and I think you know, I didn't watch this year. You know, near the end there, I, I just, you know, as you, you kind of go through the playoff runs and you and you get pretty close, you know, it's tough to really, you know, watch and and. You know, first of all, I feel like you're in the playoffs. You know, you're you're caught up in the moment, and you know it's cool to be in the playoffs. And 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 then you know you start playing more and more. And you're like, I want to win. You know, I've, I'm yep. close enough where I think I can win. So, um, you know, as I think about it, there's a reason why teams win. I really do feel like that. I feel like St. Louis was a team that, you know, we I thought we played better than them in the first four or five games of the series, and then all of a sudden they they made a, a couple things happen with 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 guys and and it seemed like we couldn't handle them for the game in six six and seven but you know they had four lines that played and i think that was one thing that really um you could see throughout the playoffs as they played their four lines and and they came at you in waves and and they were tough to play against and they defended really hard you know that was the one you know thing i kept saying in our in our series was their defense really just defended really hard which i think is very important in the playoffs so um you know in terms of wanting to win and trying to win you know i think at the end of the day you always just figure out yourself of how to keep yourself at a, at a good level and a high level and playing playing at a um at a pace where where you know teams see value in you and i think that's what i'm going to do for as long as i can and, and you hope that you're on good teams and you get yourself a chance to win one final one for you not to put the gm hat on you because jim nill's a well-respected gm in the league but they got the three studs and the young studs with Esselindel and uh, Klingberg and Heiskanen on defense. But could you foresee a scenario where Dallas isn't is potentially looking at adding another top four defenseman because the rest of the guys at this stage in their careers, like Sekra and uh, Polak, and you know uh, they're sort of third pairing defensemen. So you think it's possible they might add another top four D at some stage? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of what. Um you know, was the sense when I was there with, in terms, you know, when you have a player like Miro, who is going to be there for, 
10 to 15 years, even long, whatever. Uh, he's a phenomenal, he's going to be an all-star player for a long time, you know. And I saw it in Anaheim. It was tough, you know. Fowler was always looking for someone to play kind of thing. And and I think that's probably what they're envisioning. You know, I know Pat Polak played with him most of the year and did a really good job. And um, But I think Roman, you know, at the end of the day, he probably sees himself as a 5-6, and we have him in that hole. You know he's he's a really good defenseman in that in that situation. So I think I think Jim, uh, you know, if I had to guess, I think that's what he probably envisions is getting another defenseman for for those top four. Because you know if you get a really solid and and a and a player, and you know, I don't know who, but to play in those top four with those guys, I think it's really tough to you know I'm I'm not trying to be biased, but I think it's tough to find a top four in the league that can be better in terms of puck movement and. And and defending and and playing the transition game like the game is today. So we'll see. You know, in my case, I really hope they do, and and I'm hoping that they bring someone in maybe to play from with Miro for a long. Time. I think that will only make him better. Andrew, sorry for bugging you on your holiday. Thanks for taking time to join us on Oilers Now. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Bob. Thanks. You bet. That's Andrew Cogliano of the uh, Dallas Stars here on Oilers Now. We'll tell you, the best pizza in the city, still making it great. 50 years, 50 years, Edmonton owned and operated. It's Royal Pizza. Stoffer recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. For menu and locations, they have 14 of them. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. This is Oilers Now. This is Oscar Plathbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Reminder, you can always text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text text line. Go down and see the great Gretzky. (laughs) It's ironic that we bring up the great Gretzky today. Mike Gretzky at Heartland Ford or Griff Jarvis at Heartland RV. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. Uh... Yes, let's go ahead and do this day in Oilers history because it pertains to Wayne Gretzky and a significant event that happened here in 1988. That's right, Bob. After helping to sweep the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup final, Oilers captain Wayne Gretzky marries actress Janet Jones in front of 700 people here in Edmonton. They met in 1981 when Wayne was a celebrity judge on a dancing contest. They made the cover of McLean's magazine with the headline, The, quote, Royal Wedding. There you have it. Well, uh, that would explain why. <laughs> oh, guess who asked Wayne to do the show tomorrow? <laughs> About two weeks ago, not realizing that it was his anniversary. Uh, 
yeah, whatever. We've had, in fairness, I think we had Wayne on like what six times during the season. I mean, we did okay getting Wayne on, but we've got this whole legend series, and I should have probably realized. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, well, without further ado, let's uh, let's get to. NHL today for elite promotional marketing. Uh, get the hottest branded items for summer, like blankets, uh, camping chairs, coolers, outdoor games, and so much more. Elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. Here's Brendan Escott. We've had some movement during the day today as well. Absolutely, we have. So Jakob Vrana signs uh, re-ups in Washington, I should be specific. Two years at $3.35 million per. Of course, we saw that trade that sent uh, Artem Anisimov to... Ottawa. Ottawa, that's right. There you go. Um, Hurricanes signing defenseman Gustav Forling to a one-year two-way contract worth $864,000. Of course, acquired recently from Chicago along with goaltender Anton Forsberg for Calvin DeHaan and Alexi Sorella. The Canes also locking up uh, 2014 seventh overall pick Hayden Fleury for another year at $850,000. Cal Peterson and the Kings signed a three-year deal. It's a two-way deal in year one and then the next two, it's a one-way deal. The Penguins and Teddy Bluger agreed to a two-year contract extension that pays him $750,000 per season. The Jets and 23-year-old defenseman Nelson Nogier agreed to a deal. Uh, it's a one-year deal, $700,000. Jets also signing this year's 20th overall pick, Vile Hainola, to an entry-level contract. Ottawa yesterday doing the same thing with 19th overall pick, Lassie Thompson. And the Bakersfield Condors, Bob, actually signed a couple players or re-signed. It was Jake Kulovich and uh, Jacob Stukel uh, to AHL deals for the upcoming season, each of them spending uh, having a cup of coffee with the Condors last now, year. No, we didn't mention this in the first hour of the show. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay, uh, Mark, I believe his name is Diver out of uh, Providence, reporting that DeHarnay has also signed an AHL deal with the Oilers organization. And I would expect an announcement sometime in the next 48 hours, potentially, on another AHL signing. Uh, Oilers need a little bit of toughness down there, and you will likely see a guy who... I won't say who it is, because I don't want to totally steal Bakersfield's thunder, but uh, a guy that's had some uh, NHL uh, uh, fights and, and some NHL experience on an NHL deal down there just to help look after the kids a bit. All right, well, the the kid amongst our uh, broadcasting uh, trio, uh, the host on the Oilers Radio Network, he's the young gun. He's now in the... Actually, you, you look older than Jack and me. Am younger than Jack? Yeah, what's that? Am I younger than Jack? Uh, well, how? Yeah, how, are you, how old are you? Are you? Forty-five. Oh, Jack's the kid. I did not. You're older than Jack. I I don't know. We're I you're right we're around a year apart. I'm yeah, not I think sure. I think you're a year apart. Yeah. Anyway, I f- I feel like I'm twenty-five and I act like I'm fifteen. <laughs> but when you don't shave, you look like you're sixty. <laughs> That's true. My facial hair can make a well. Big, you also big you also wear glasses. Reed and Wolk- you know what, Bob? I didn't tell you this. I'm now in bifocals. Or did I tell you? No, but that officially does make you an old fart. Uh, yes, anyhow, <laughs> yes. Just, just thought we'd share that with you. Uh, it is Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports, and uh, tonight you got a uh, special uh, guest, one of the classiest football players I've ever met. Yeah, Ricky Ray's on the show tonight, and he's going on the Eskimos Wall of Honor on uh, September 20th when the Eskimos take on the Tiger Cats. Four-time Great Cup champion, two with... Edmonton and two with the Argos. Brendan, do you have the uh, tape here quickly? Ready to roll. Yeah, here is uh, Ray, some memories of that uh, trade to Toronto. But there was definitely change happening with the organization. Um, you know, Tillman came on as the GM uh, the, the year before, and, uh, you know, they were 
you know, Cavis was a first-year coach. And, you, you know, we were kind of going through a little bit of a change, um, you know, from what I was used to in, in Edmonton. Uh, but definitely still surprised, you know, when I got the call, um, I was definitely surprised. And then, uh, but now looking back, I mean, I, I definitely understand and see, and, you know, you, you could see all the the reasoning kind of behind it. And, and uh, has, you know, looking back, you can kind of sense, you know, that something was probably going to happen. And, um, you know, I think it ended up being good for, for both franchises. You know, it gave me a fresh start in Toronto, gave the Eskimos a fresh start, and they ended up getting, you know, Mike Riley, who went on and, and uh, you know, played really well and, uh, you know, won a championship for, for the Eskimos as well. Well, it worked out a little quicker for the Argos, and there was a bit of a gap between Ray leaving, obviously, and Riley. All right, so what year did he get traded? 2012? Yeah, it was December of 2012, right? All right, the Argos won the 2013 Grey Cup. Right. And then the Eskimos won won in 2015, and they got Riley for 20... uh, When did they get Riley? 2014. No, he was still there in in the 4-14 season. So, yeah, there was one year without Riley, and then they got him. Yeah. Had a tough and, year, and, and then and, got better. And Tillman and Cavis Reed did not end up being part of that 2015 championship team. They were gone by then. So, basically, the trade cost them their jobs. Yeah, well, long-term. And I think you know, what, the what, news what, about Cavis yesterday is is crazy. I, I will say... One of the nicest men I've ever one met. One of the nicest men. It's really surprising, some of the stuff that's yeah. coming out. Well, and to be fair, I think... I put a lot more of that on the time on Tillman because I think Cavis had to... He was probably doing more than a head coach had to do at the time, and I think that... I, I remember you phoned me right when he called that non-timeout he shouldn't have called in Toronto, and you, we were both kind of like, what's going on? But I think Cavis was juggling a lot at that time. All right. Uh, anyhow, uh, that wraps up. We can get out of here. Reed just got Inside Sports, an extended interview with uh, Ricky Ray. So that'll be coming up. I'd like to thank our guest today, Josh Archibald. We didn't even get to that of the Edmonton Oilers, along with Tyson Nash, as well as Mark Spector and Andrew Cogliano. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And up next, the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Dwayne Rollison in tomorrow in our Legend Series. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.